Welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these hundred plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. Last episode, I mentioned my homeowner's guide to sustainable renovations, and I've had a lot of questions about that. So I thought I could do a quick episode on what that's all about and how I'm applying it to the smart old house renovation. And also I thought I'd explain what I mean when I say that I'm an architect for old house owners determined to plan a responsible renovation. Responsible could mean to the home, because I believe we're all stewards of a home. Responsible to the neighborhood, in depending on your point of view, but in a, in a variety of ways there. And I believe that we're responsible to the environment or the world, generally speaking. It might sound a little judgmental, but honestly, I just feel like we're not working in a vacuum here, right? So I also think sustainability is a word that is used quite a lot now. And that's not all I mean, actually, by responsible. So what I have, my homeowner's guide, is something that I put together three years ago, at least. And to be honest, now there's a lot more talk about these ideas than there was three years ago. But even three years ago, I used to ask my clients if they were interested in incorporating any sustainable elements, which I should have just incorporated them, honestly, and not asked. But a lot of them would say, mm, no, and uh, which I thought, well, what do I do from there? So that's kind of how I decided to write a guide, just basically what it means, what you can do to be sustainable in a renovation. And a lot of these things are what I call low hanging fruit. So in the actual handout, there is a little apple next to the ones that are really easy to do that you could just do without even thinking about it. And then someone had suggested to assign levels of difficulty based on skiing, trail, signage. In the PDF, they're all rated by level of difficulty. So a lot of these are topics I've touched on in one episode or another. This is a subject that I've been talking about throughout uh, throughout the seasons of Talking Home Renovations. Anyway, so I thought I'd just kind of review how we are incorporating some of these things in into our renovation here. So PDF starts with design strategies. One of the design strategies we are using is window shading. As we've mentioned before, we have TSP. Smart Spaces is going to be designing a, a system for us that will include these automated shades that go up or down, depending on whether we're trying to keep heat out or bring a cool breeze in, or we're trying to let the sun in to warm up the house a little bit. So we're going to be shading the building from the summer heat. What I also have in this PDF is a benefit, cost analysis, and objection for each of these little pieces. So window shading, I mean, it can be expensive depending on the brand of shades, and some people don't want shades. They'd rather have curtains or some other kind of window treatment. So that would be the reason people object to it. I'm looking forward to having the shades because then we'll be able to manage the amount of sunlight in our house, which is actually really important. Another design strategy is building less and using existing space more efficiently. We are not actually going to be adding on to the house. We are just uh, rearranging spaces that we have. So we will not be expanding the footprint. We are trying not to take down walls in the house. The 
objection to this building last is uh, typically that homeowners may resist the concept because they may believe they want or need more space. But sometimes they do need a little bit of additional space, but often they could rearrange what they already have to be more efficient space for them to have the space work better for them. We're also working on deciduous trees, which is another design strategy. We're planting a red maple next to the house so that eventually it will grow up and shade the house. It's a very fast growing tree. So when I say eventually, I'm hoping that could be within the next, let's say, five years or so. Uh, deciduous trees, they help shade the building from the summer heat and allow the sun to penetrate during the winter. The objection to planting trees could be that it's expensive, depending on the size and the variety of the tree. And the desired landscape design can take a long time to come into maturity. So uh, that's, a, that's a long game. Now, under construction methods and techniques, I have this, this thing about donating old cabinets, fixtures, doors, windows, and trim which uh, we will try to do if we can. Our, our cabinets are pretty old and our windows are about the same, about 40 years old. And I think they're not going to be attractive to a donation center. I have mentioned this in the deconstruction versus demolition episode, which was episode 58. If you want to go back and listen to that. Insulate existing house. We are going to be insulating and I'm trying to figure out how we can insulate the house in such a way that we can still examine the framing members for powder post beetle damage in 10, 15 years. So trying to stay away from the foam insulation and, and working on what else we can do instead. We don't have a lot of room in the rafters, for example, because they're pretty small. So it's hard to get the amount of insulation that we need in there. So we may have to also insulate the floor of the attic. Permeable pavers. Now, this is something that I, I really like. And we talked about this in the driveway episode which was episode 59, we talked about why to use permeable pavers. And it's to kind of manage water on the property and not increase the impermeable surface, which helps with the, it allows the water to filter into the earth rather than creating excess runoff. It looks better than asphalt or concrete. That's what I wrote here. Uh, the objection is it's permeable pavers, at least when I wrote this before, was about 20% more expensive than standard pavers. Again, this is something I I wrote a while ago, so it's kind of like a living document. So if you get the document and you have anything to add or updates, just let me know because hoping we can all just use this document together. Water and energy efficiency is the next category that I have on here. And dual flush toilets, it's like, I don't know why we just don't install them. I know that some people say that you have to flush many, many times, but actually you just have to hold the button down. We talked a little bit about water and energy efficiency in episode eight, which was bath and kitchen fixtures. So of course we're getting a, an efficient dishwasher. We have low flow shower heads installed already. Water efficient washing machine. Okay. The one I have right now, I'm pretty sure is from the eighties. That's when the previous people moved into this house. So our toilets right now, I have take a lot of water to flush. Every time I hear someone flush the toilet, it just makes me feel like I need to get those low flush toilets in there. It's just, just a lot of water that we're using for no good reason there. I wish we could install a gray water recovery system, but as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm just not sure yet if Massachusetts allows that kind of thing here. Rainwater collection. We do plan to put out some rain barrels. Energy efficient appliances and fixtures. Smart thermostat is one of those things. So actually, as you know, the smart house, we're doing all smart technology with the idea of saving energy and turning off automatically turning off appliances that aren't running or 
having lights go on and off when we leave rooms. And the overall idea being that we are going to save electricity on electrical use. We're going to save on electrical use. We will have the smart thermostat somehow involved with, with all that as well. Energy efficient lighting fixtures. We're getting LED lighting fixtures and that will save some energy putting those in. Energy efficient appliances. We are definitely everything we can. We're going to buy energy efficient appliances, smart appliances. I don't know if we're getting any of these. It saves energy by alerting you to potential problems that would decrease efficiency. And fans, um, smart fans. I am going to get a smart fan for the dining porch. So we're going to um, hopefully not run the air conditioning all the time, just when we really need to in the summer. So that's my idea. So I'm, I'm hoping not to have to use the air conditioning as often. We'll have a a smart fan um, in the dining porch. It saves energy by dispersing hot and cold air in large rooms. It can be programmed. There are higher upfront costs for that than there than there it would be for a non-smart fan, but more efficient in the end. Roofing strategies is the next category where I have things like you can get reflective asphalt shingles for a cool roof and it cuts down on heat gain in the attic. We installed these in our Arlington house and honestly it had a I thought it had a big impact on how hot it was up in the attic. Episode 10, roofing, we talked about that a little bit. Uh when we replace the roof here, we will probably put the same reflective roof on to this house as well. One thing that I love the idea of is a green roof, but I haven't been able to install that anywhere yet. The green roof that's plants on usually a flat roof. A flattish roof. It uh, reduces the urban heat island effect, captures rainwater destined for runoff, and helps insulate the building to save energy. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to. Uh, I haven't been able to build one of those yet. Anyway, that's something I'd like to do. So there are other things in here that I'm not mentioning that we uh, have on the list, but I personally can't in integrate into this renovation. Building systems. I have heat pumps, which we are, as you know, we have decided to integrate air source heat pumps for our heating and cooling. And we decided to go with a ducted system, kind of sacrificing part of our attic and the basement, which isn't really a basement because it's actually pretty much a crawl space. Um, it's like five and a half feet tall. So it's not like we can really use it for living space. So we are having a system that is in the basement feeding the first floor and in the attic feeding the second floor. Window restorations and storm windows. Okay, so this is a big one that I talk about a lot is if they're wood windows, especially if they're original to the house, even if the house is from the 20s, 1920s or 1930s or even 40s, because sometimes that window is, is just a better made window than what you can get. Uh, and with a storm window, it could be just as efficient. So window restoration was episode 26. If you'd like to learn more about that topic, uh, we have a few windows here that were from the 1800s. They are four over two windows, which is really unusual. I have some other windows that are 12 over one that I think probably the lower sash broke and they just replaced it with a single pane of glass later on when that was available. Technology. So a four over two window that I just mentioned means there are four pieces of glass on the top and two pieces of glass on the bottom. So that's that how you say say that. Anyway, geothermal. I had an episode on geothermal. Um, we can't we can't do that right now. We might add that later on. It's not really available through Dandelion in our area quite yet. That was a recent episode, episode 109, geothermal ground source heat pumps. You can learn more about it there. Solar panels. Well, that is something we are planning to incorporate. And 
one thing I'm kind of waiting for is the technology to come to a point where I'm happy with it or comfortable with it on our front slope of the house, on the front slope of the house, because right now I'm not sure how efficient those little shingles are. And I also, I'm not very excited about putting big panels on the front of my house because, you know, as you know, it's an old house and it's just my look better to have individual shingles. So when that technology gets to a certain point, I am planning on putting that on the front. In the meantime, we are sourcing our electricity from renewable energy sources, which we have the option of doing here in my town. But eventually we are going to put solar panels on. That was one of our very original goals. So building materials, we got low VOC paints, formaldehyde-free cabinets, locally sourced materials, reclaimed materials, just thinking about where do my materials come from? What is the embodied energy that was necessary to make the different um, the different pieces? Is there going to be off-gassing in the paint? Our cabinets are going to be made locally. I don't know that the wood is actually going to be sourced locally. Uh, we're trying to use, reuse, we're trying to reuse wood for some of the cabinetry and the new flooring that we're putting down will not actually be new. It'll be reused. So that's one way, that's one way to do it. We are taking a bunch of boards from the attic when we redo the attic and the structure in the attic. And there are big, wide plank floors up there that are unfinished wood and face nailed sort of floors. So we'll be taking those down and you know, hopefully using them in the new kitchen. So that's a the plan there. Just reusing materials as much as possible and trying to keep in mind the environmental impact of things like stone for countertops. So we're trying to get a local soapstone from at least New England that we can put in the house and that sort of thing. Also in this guide, I have a short blurb on all these things that I mentioned, plus other, other more difficult strategies. I then list all the resources and a bunch of websites where someone can go to learn more about all of the topics. So it's pretty helpful. It could be outdated at this point, so I keep going through it. I think the more people who actually have access to it and can help kind of crowdsource it for me, I think that would be great. And we can all all use it. I think people are more, maybe I'm wrong, but I think people are more aware of the environmental impacts of renovations these days. And maybe it's just me, but I do think that people are more receptive to it. I see a lot more people talking about it, more shows about it, and people are requesting it actually from me, which was, which is excellent. So I have a list of podcasts here and books. We interviewed Mike Maines, one of the Pretty Good House authors, and that was episode 93. You can get it from a variety of booksellers. And I am sending it to potential clients just so that we can all be kind of on the same page about what makes a pretty good house. Yeah, so that's that's basically it. And what I'm just hoping is that this will help somebody realize that that it's really not a mystery. There are lots of things we already would do that would be more sustainable and we make choices about materials and about methods and about the size of our, our new foundation and you know something like concrete is a very energy dense material. So if we don't need to expand the footprint and increase the amount of concrete that we are putting out into the world, that's that's a good thing. So Anyway, I hope that was helpful. If you want to review this PDF and send me any suggestions or whatever, I, I think it would be great to kind of keep it going as a living document. And even though maybe it's not as necessary as it was, it could still be useful to people. If you'd like a copy, send me an email and I will send you the PDF. All right, so that's it. Uh, this month has been a lot of waiting for people to show up and not showing up. So we are going to be having a... Um, 
our September update coming up in a couple weeks. And I'm hoping we'll have some exciting developments happen around here that we can talk about. But just like everybody else, uh, just a lot of waiting for subcontractors to come and um, do what they need to do. So August, August, nobody seems to work in August. Thank you for listening, and thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time, and I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.